Hello, friend, and welcome to the Rise Collective podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jordan, and I'm honored to facilitate a place to gather and hear stories and teachings from our relations. Thank you for being here. If you find value in these episodes, you can become a patron and get exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash risecollective. Before we begin, let's call in our benevolent guides. We humbly give thanks for your assistance and support today. May our listeners hear what they need to hear in service of their highest good. And so it is. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Rise Collective Podcast. I'm Carrie Jordan, and this is episode 15. Today, I'm sharing my interview with Grandmother Sweet Medicine Nation. This is the second time Sweet Medicine is on the podcast. The first time was episode five, if you're interested in listening to the first episode. I wanted to invite Sweet Medicine back on the podcast because she has so much wisdom to share. Specifically, Sweet Medicine does a lot of teachings about the divine feminine, including her House of Flowers ceremony, and I wanted to give her space to talk about this aspect of her work. First, I want to let you know that I have a brand new Patreon page where you can contribute to the production of the show. When you do that, you get a ton of exclusive and bonus content from podcast guests and from myself. The Patreon giveaway for this episode is a sole purpose worksheet. Since we touch on this during the episode, I thought it would be helpful. You can access this uh, worksheet on Patreon, patreon.com slash rise collective. In the show, we talk about what it takes for women to come from the warrior path to allowing the time and the space to allow the flow of the divine feminine. We talk about the distinction between achieving and becoming, exploring our wild nature versus our domesticated conditioning from the overculture, and how we can support the youth. If you don't know Sweet Medicine, I'll share some more about her here. Sweet Medicine is one of my honored teachers. She is a gifted artist, educated educator, lecturer, and medicine teacher and guide. With her eloquence, wisdom, and gifts, she's dedicated her life to offering opportunities for people to experience conscious and deep connection with nature and spirit through indigenous education and ceremony. Over 35 years, she's assisted thousands of people through rites of passage ceremonies on five continents, rekindling the holy on Mother Earth, our birthright. As a medicine teacher and medicine person, she awakens within us the original and sacred values as Earth guardians, honoring the natural ways for benefiting all beings on Mother Earth. With her wise woman guidance, she offers powerful and useful tools for our contemporary lives. These tools and accompanying ceremonies are for revising, repurposing, and reclaiming our lives in this new era of the Divine Feminine. She's the founder and president of the Four Winds Community Foundation in Oregon for over 17 years. Four Winds Foundation is dedicated to the spiritual evolution of humanity offering indigenous wisdom through sacred rites, ceremonies, and education. 
Like I mentioned, Sweet Madison is one of my honored teachers, and I highly recommend being part of her world however you can. There's an event coming up in Guatemala where you can be part of the teachings and ceremonies. This event includes Talk to Eric from episode 10. Sweetie will share about the event in the end of this episode, and you can find out more on her website, sweetmedicinenation.com, and then click Guatemala 2020. Once again, if you're interested in in downloading that sole purpose worksheet to supplement this episode, check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash rise collective. And as always, there will be show notes at the rise slash EP one five, because this is episode 15. So let's dive in. Good morning, sweetie. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, Carrie, it's a delight to be in a sunny place with a big lake behind me and birds singing in the trees to be able to speak with you today as well. Thank you for the invite. I love knowing where you are and picturing you in that beautiful place in Guatemala. And I'm really excited to talk to you today. We were talking in one of the first episodes of the Rise Collective podcast. And I wanted to invite you back on because we got a lot of your story in, our, in the last episode, and I think that you still have so much wisdom to share with us, and I love sharing it with people who don't necessarily know you or talk to you all the time like I get to. So the, one of the ways that I know you and one of the ways that I relate with your wisdom and one of the things that I've learned the most from you about is women's wisdom, and I think one of your superpowers is helping women to realize what wisdom and power they hold as women and what their responsibility to the world is as women. And I know that in the Choctaw tradition that you, that's in your lineage, that is a big piece of the tradition. So I'd love to just start there and have you kind of riff on this idea because I know you have a lot to say about it. So do you, would it be helpful for me to ask you a more specific question or do you, is there, are there things already coming up for you as I'm sharing that introduction? Uh, okay. Thank you, Carrie. I feel the, the movement and I can just, as you say, start off, uh, expound upon it a little bit uh, to dovetail to what you just said. In many of our pasts, and we're talking thousands and thousands of years of the existence of women, in the gender of being female bodies, we have been underneath uh, many different controls, let's say that, rules and beliefs and systems of position and uh, responsibilities or uh, also coming into it with our own innate necessity. You know, as you are becoming a young mother now, there's a different kind of responsibility than there was when you were just by yourself. There's kind of a protective stance and, uh, and, and reasonable hours to be at home and put the baby down. So in the, in the traditions that I grew up in was very masculine, very oriented towards the patriarch and uh, how men 
were the lead. They were the protectors. They figured things out. And the women was the support system who made sure the home and the hearth were this beautiful place to receive the, the warrior or the king when he was out doing what he did. Okay, so the difference for me was the realization uh, that came more as I grew up in Hawaii. And it was hidden because I didn't really know my, my heritage strongly. I hadn't connected with it. I was just being a teenager and growing up. And so I followed this route, being the only girl in the middle of two boys, one that was not with us all the time, my stepbrother, and then my little brother uh, that was six years almost uh, younger than me. So he was kind of a baby and I was taking care of him with a mother who wasn't always able to be physically there to be with either one of us. She had a lot of pain. So what I realized by that is I carved and followed my father's model and saw his success and saw his achievements, not even finishing high school or even middle school, he left education and became this very well-known person and extremely smart. Um, so I, I really modeled him. I'm going to be successful like my father. I'm going to be capable because I am. I'm very mechanically inclined. I love to figure out how to put things together. So saying all of that and then moving into becoming a wife and a mother uh, and then working, going to school, an overachiever, overdoing it, thinking I could do it all. And what dawned on me was, what is a matriarch? If I come from a matriarch and all the women in my father's lineage, why is it that I am following more of the warrior way rather than the women who were the chiefs? And what would that be like? So I started looking into that. And of course, it's rare to find cultures today where that is dominant in a, a, a Western society, let's say. Everything European and the inheritance from those countries is all, you know, even queens, they lost their heads if the king decided so. So I, I look at that and I found and was re-educated to these ways by my teachers. And it was in combination with also being well the history of having sort of this this english royalty uh, in my second husband and then the lakota elders which were very ferocious plain patriarchic uh, men and so i just kept thinking wow this is really hard for us women but i'm going to do this because i know what's coming so what I feel in saying all that, that's most important about what we talk about today is this is a time to abolish our fears. This is a time to collaborate. So that all sounds nice, but where and how do we begin that? And first and foremost, it's within ourselves. This duality that we have for, like I say, maybe hundreds of thousands of years really followed what is it to be successful? What is it to achieve our goals? What is it? It's really accomplishment oriented. It's about uh, climbing a ladder in a way. 
And in the matriarchic, it's this other discovery. The discovery that, for instance, if I go away from this beautiful location and I'm gone a year, it just keeps going because Mother Earth is like that. She just does what needs to happen in every day, whether it needs to rain, petals fall off of flowers, birds fly around in the sky and have more baby birds. Everything's going to go on because Mother Nature is a renewable resource constantly. It isn't limited to a belief. It isn't, it, it, it isn't stopped because of a myth. It isn't um, uh, devalued in any way like we have out in the world today of what we get paid and uh, is nurturing uh, a viable resource to be able to receive an income to be able to live. I mean, there's many questions here, but for me, I think it's very important to first understand from high place. And I mean high in the sense of open consciousness, as wide as you could get, and is deeply rooted in truth rather than myth, beliefs, or have tos. So that's what I think we should talk about and share more. Uh, and I'll leave it to if you have questions about that. Yeah. Um... I'm just making a note here. I, so what I heard you say is that as a girl and a young woman, you were, you saw your father and you idolized your father and how he was creating so much success for himself. And you called it the warrior path. So you found yourself going along this warrior path. And then along the way, you started to discover the matriarch in your lineage of um, that Choctaw lineage. And at the same time, you saw yourself kind of repeating a pattern of um, being attracted to really powerful warrior men and um, in the Lakota tradition and in the English lineage. Mm -hmm. um, and then I heard you, the thing that really stuck out to me that what you were talking about with kind of this new paradigm that we're stepping into is a focus on truth rather than myths, beliefs, and have tos. So I think where I want my next question is it has to do with um, what is women's wisdom at its core when we think about this idea of the matriarch and being dedicated to truth and looking to Mother Earth as our teacher, what wisdom is being transmitted in your experience for women to kind of pick up their staff? That's a good question. I, I see dimensionally as you were speaking, I was looking at all the different uh, wow, places we can go with this. I think the most important is that we have concepts. You know, we were educated. So because we're educated, the good and the bad of it is that we have questions and we want to know to seek the answer. A deer does not even consider any of that. A deer walking through a forest 
and a natural rhythm is just doing what comes next, looking for food, resting in the shade or a protective spot, being alert to danger, and, and living in the moment, however it presents itself. And I don't mean complacent. It is natural. What we do is, as humans, we are unnaturalized. We have been domesticated to have a set of rules that make us a comfortable, uh, fluent, or uh, what we might call, this is the norm. What are your needs? You know, you need shelter, you need food, you need water. And we definitely need companionship. And it doesn't always have to be with another human being. It needs to first be with ourself and realizing we are natural. We are one of the natural elements. And being in a female body, I don't like the word that we're a replica. It seems more um, contrite, but I, I feel in the norm of nature that there's nurturing, a nurturing part of nature, whether it's a fragrance of a flower, it's shadow of some trees in a sunny area, the call of the ocean or the lake to come to the shore and jump in, the natural things that happen to us, that is our toolbox. And what we tend to do is complicate it all by kind of questioning like multiple choice that we were given in school. What if we do it this way? What if we do it that way? If we did it over there like that, nobody's going to like us because it isn't what everybody else is doing. And so we have copycat natures. We want to insure ourselves. We want this life insurance policy that what we do is going to make our life easy, is going to give us an income of abundance and love and things to live our life. And in nature, it comes just naturally because it is a natural, very similar. I'm not saying every mother is the same, but it's a natural thing to hold the baby for the first time and look down and realize to yourself there's something outside of you that's a part of you in some way that now has a responsibility to know how to be. And the greatest teacher of that how to be is our Mother Earth. She is and will be long after these bodies have gone to dust, still here. And with that, I see that as greatest gift of insurance, especially in the female form, that we not only will persevere through all things, but we have the tools innate in us. They may not have ever been seen. They may be in our basement of our ancestral families. It could be something that we immediately channel down when we need it most and or utilize in these visionary um, moments where we really focus on 
What is it I really want to be doing? What is my passion? These questions we're asking today. So for me, I feel and I actualize each day asking, and what would you have me do today? Uh, today maybe is not the best example because I am packing and uh, cleaning and covering and changing a lot of things in a house that I'm going to leave for a few months. And thinking about that, that's what I, this morning I, in my prayer, I realized I'm doing this to myself. And why do I do it? Okay, so this is just an example, and I think it's a good one. Well, I share the house with another person, and there are other people on the land that may need to come in and use the house, so I should make sure that I leave it better than I found, which is a phrase that we use a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it got me driven to make it perfect, and as humanity... There's no one that's perfect. Nature isn't even perfect. Every rose is different. Every orchid is different. Every rock is different. And to do our evidence and to do what makes us shine is more we should do. And that's why I want to also celebrate. I get to have this moment with you today and all of those who will listen to this podcast to say, it isn't important that you acknowledge yourself as a affiliate to anything other than your lineage. And in that, to reframe this lineage, it isn't just because of my Choctaw uh, portion of my mixed blood, but it definitely was the portion that called me the strongest and is the most natural base uh, that said, what do you want to do? And are you willing to uh, get off the track where you think you're overworker, uh, overachiever, want everyone to like you, you want to be able to apply your knowledge to everyone and everything and sit back and say, what would you have me to do today? And how do I begin? And usually the answer is just take the next step. Just be in this body in alignment, step forward, and it is presented to you, which is very, very true. You, you take three steps in your house and you see something that needs to be picked up or something you need to get out of the freezer or some phone call you need to make. It just happens. And... So for me, it's a flow where men tend to have to have a plan. They have to have the insight of what to do. Women come by it like water in a creek. They're just flowing with the current of life and what it presents next. So that takes us out of those realms of have-tos. Maybe we do need to have some planning, a little bit of what do we want, but it's really organic. And then when we look back at the end of the day, which I do, and notice how many wonderful, unexpected, unplanned things that happened that in a way delighted me more than the actual things I had planned. They were just a checklist to make sure passport, check in with the airlines, you know, make sure I have transportation, I have the right currency. That, those are just checklists. 
bliss. Okay, we could we could get in the inertia of that, but the beauty of the divine feminine is that we are something completely different than earthbound. And because of that, we have a kind of waterfall, river, creek, spring nature to us that is ever flowing in its own uh, sense of volume. And we can turn on an ocean if we want, or we could just be this little bubbling trickle that's coming out of the ground in energetics to be in our natural state. We don't have to compete to all be Niagara Falls or the ocean. So I feel taking some of the pressure off of women and also knowing that we haven't gone away from when everything first began, that we are now just remembering it. We are remembering ourselves. That requires time and space to be quiet. We have a different kind of Wi-Fi, if we were to use terms of today, to be able to listen to nature, our mother's voice, and to respond. And the amazing amount of, in some, some people's terms, the Akashic knowledge just drops in. I've, I have so many insights in this way that it dawns on me. Maybe in the moment, sometimes I'm stunned by an answer I should give in this moment. But if I just wait, the insight is so profound and gives me not only the answer, but reassures me of my power, of my first thought of what I thought I should do. That confirmation is vital. It's vital. It's like knowing when you hear the rumble of an earthquake, you get out of the house. It's like when you see and smell the fire you go to see where it's at it's it's just natural like that so i hope that this helps us to recommit to remembering ourselves it isn't something you learn uh, and yet you are only registering it as oh yeah that is perfect that is exactly what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to say. And um, in the world of quotes today, it's much easier for me if I allow things to drop in rather than to copy somebody else's, which is always beautiful because so many people say so many nice things. But to be myself and my authenticity, if I were to say gets more hits, is very true than those ones that I... I'm striving to do or I'm copying someone else's. So I want to be a, a catalyst for women through my own experience of this. And it's been up and down. It isn't an easy thing to change our model, our beliefs and our identity because others don't want us to. There is a framework. And if one cell gets broken, people start feeling like, oh, uh, wait a minute. No, no, you got to go back to that. You got to go do this. Well, if you stop doing that, how are you going to make an income? And literally, people are doing it with amazing ease because they're hearing this call. Mm -hmm. So th that's vital. That's so beautiful how you shared that. And I want to repeat some of the 
the things that stood out to me. You were sharing about how we've been domesticated and when we look at how nature nurtures us, it that's part of our toolbox. And you were talking about the shade of the tree and the cool waters and all of the ways that nature nurtures us. And the way that I interpreted that was that we can look to nature to help us regulate our nervous systems with grounding and noticing all of the ways that we can support our own nervous systems. Um, and this serves, as you said, it serves as a gift of insurance to innately persevere. Um, you also said that we have a responsibility to learn and know how to be from our teacher, Mother Earth. And then you go into the topic of life purpose, as I interpreted it. And it sounded like what you were talking about was really working with the earth as a guide and with your own intuition as a guide and really stepping into that flow and asking, what would you have me do next? What would you have me do today? And asking your guides or your, your, your divine guidance, what would you have me do today? What's next? And really stepping into that flow of the next step allowing the insights to come through and allowing things to drop in that are really in alignment with your own authenticity. Um, and the question came up to me for me, which I think you answered already. Maybe you have a, a little bit more to say, but my question was, what would you say to a woman who is still in the warrior path? And the answer that I got from what you were saying is, allow time and space to be quiet and to listen. Move from the have to into flow and what and and allow delight to come through. And you are talking about um the different aspects of the divine feminine of that watery flow. Do you have anything else that you would share with a woman who is still in the warrior path or kind of wanting to step more into relationship with the divine feminine? It is an individual expression of that. So there isn't a cookie cutter answer, mm-hmm. but what you've touched on and reiterated here is, is vital. And I, I see this in like my grandchildren, you know, be between 14 and 18 years old there is this echo there's still a flavor to achieve and I feel like the difference between what I'm talking about because I was definitely in that flow studied all kinds of things uh, is that it's not about achieving it's about Coming. And becoming is like going on a, a trail ride or cross-country skiing for the first time or uh, horseback riding when you haven't been in years. It isn't a pony ride. There's actually a lot to it. Or snow camping or something that you haven't done before. In the beginning, it all sounds cool, but it's awkward. 
we don't have it perfect and we each have to find our own balance and rhythm and part of that is what you just talked about about grounding getting our shoes off going and standing on the solid rock on the earth and it's not something people even think about doing we wear rubber flip-flops we have slippers on that have rubber bottoms so they don't get wet you know there's it's rare that we're barefoot and at ground level but one of the greatest universal universities is standing on mother earth and just being quiet you don't have to be a meditator you don't have to have years of yoga or go to ashrams and change your diet or anything i've experienced this with people who have stepped right out of corporate world that are high tech skyscraper basically living in the air full of mental energy just go i never thought about this what is that feeling i'm feeling something the ground is moving i feel a little dizzy what is that you know for the first time it's like tasting a new nectar it's like wow what is that flavor and it can be frightening and not frightening like scary scary but like feeling out of control and what if i leap from this high high level that they think they've achieved to coming to terms with women imagine women are nature men are the explorers in nature so we provide the environment if we keep recreating strife in ourselves confusion and doubt and oh i didn't do this so there's a lack i didn't study that so i don't know how to do this or that and we don't say to ourselves i am a part of what is natural it'll just come i need to trust in that so trust and faith and grounding and silence and remembering that we are an original light form frequency embodied to express this lightness of being this in a way a luminosity to enlighten our own viewpoints and we rarely touch this part of our life so i say go gently understanding that it's simple things for instance you feel up your bathtub to get in to take a bath or you turn on your shower this always is a marvel to me and people just get in and they start scrubbing and washing and shampooing and cream rinsing toweling off and getting up instead of being grateful that there is water that they can see and feel and be refreshed by that is flowing out of these pipes and where does it come from how did it get there and that it's the very same water that always has been in the environment long before dinosaurs now if you could grasp that and realize water has an intelligence so it is informed and while we're taking our shower even though the water might have chlorine in it or all these other things it has a memory 
and we can be informed. We can be purified. We can be refreshed and renewed with knowledge. But most of us just hop in, get our shower, hop out. Native people approach water and they put their hand out and they greet it and they say hello because it's a living thing, just like a person, just mm. like somebody of great importance. So I want to just say that. Take the first steps by noticing the things around you that you take for granted that come from who knows where and consider and give thankfulness and gratitude to each one of those things. You go out and get into your car. You turn on the key and away it goes. What if it didn't? Mm -hmm. Where did it come from? These are the things I'm just saying. The food in your plate in front of you, even though you bought it, somebody grew it. These are the simple first steps of becoming aware. Awareness is a huge part of it. Have your eyes wide open. We're multidimensional. We have many guides and guardians in six directions, including one inside of us that we came with. So those are those resources we can tap into to remember ourselves back into fullness and wholeness again in holiness as women were meant to be the goddesses the flowers the blooming the waters the solidness of the earth the strength so these are the first steps is just become aware notice and then you add on to that like an altar what do you want to focus on? What's the first step you want to shift? I love this idea of adding on to what we're becoming like an altar and what, putting that on the altar as what, what is the next step and what we want to shift. Mm -hmm. And also this idea of awareness and awakeness. Um, I don't think you said awakeness, but that's what the word that came up for me as you were talking about awareness. It's like awaken to the conditioning of viewing the world as a machine. I, I read, um, I'm reading um, Sage Popham's book, Evolutionary Herb Herbalism. And last night I was reading it and he had this. Um, distinction in the beginning of the book about the world versus the earth. Mm. He was talking about how the earth is mother earth. It's a living, breathing organism. And the world is a construct of our human minds. Like uh -huh. we can see the world quote unquote as through any lens that we are conditioned to see, whereas the earth is a being. And so where I'm going with that is that this idea of awareness that you were sharing brought up for me this instruction to awaken to the lens through which I'm seeing the world and to awaken to, rather than see it as the world, walk upon the earth as with this reverence that you're talking about um, with the water and with the fire and the stones and the elements and really treating all of those as living beings. And so I get what you're saying about this idea of remembering. It's not about learning. It's about remembering for, for someone who is an adult and 
wanting to step out of the kind of hamster wheel Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we're conditioned to be in. And I'm wondering, so you've, you've laid out a lot of frameworks for adults to adopt new ways of seeing, um, becoming aware and realizing this responsibility. And I'm curious, how can we, how can communities support girls and boys in a transition from girl to woman or boy to man um, in a way that supports this awakeness and awareness? Yes, this has been something I've worked on for, in, in my own mind, how to recover my playfulness and childlike nature and it is part of my nature to be a leader and to be serious being an Aries and no bullshit cutting right to you know no niceties really which sometimes it's not so good but just getting right down to it and I had my son asked me a question the other day And I love the question, if there was something I wanted to do more of or incorporate more of in my life, what would it be? So, you know, there are people who love to dance, want to go hiking more. And what I realized is everything I've ever said in that way, I've accomplished. But what is it that I think as an adult I don't have the right to do that is a part of healthiness as human beings and it's play laughing at myself seeing the absurdity of our kind of pensive nature sometimes and what I have learned in being a godmother and a grandmother is sharing by not telling showing is a good thing if it's in an action of oh let's look at this rock how cool is that you know and what do you think where did this rock come from you know how did it begin to be this rock right here with this little mark on it and being in the curiosity to discover and what we do is we we are changing this more and more, but there still is this format, this way that a young woman was telling me the other day, I have to learn chemistry formulas, and I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to memorize all of this whole chart. And I said, don't try to. Just remember the ones you can remember, and eventually you'll remember more. And it's not about you being formed it's about you absorbing what is interesting to you so in this i also think there has to be listening to the youth because in most cases they are very wise they just don't have life experience and they don't have in in the new form that they're in um and they don't have responsibility too soon And all they have to do is accomplish whatever mom and dad or the teachers say. So I really love, and I know it's a huge sacrifice for parents to homeschool or 
or in some very rare situations, uh, take children abroad, take them into teaching situations of uh, cultural differences all over the world and making that feel norm. The vital piece here is that a child is not something that is static. They don't stay, they grow so fast in one idea, one place, one mental sphere. They're the, that's the quickest time of education we have other than awareness or instant enlightenment. And so we also need to adjust for those quickenings that these younger people are coming through. The way indigenous people did it, and this is something I did for years and years, is the rites of passage. The words themselves is to have a right is to, in uh, one way is I get to have this happen to me at this time in my life because I am the certain age or the right R-I-T-E, which is a passage, a acknowledgement by the community, the village, that this child has reached a certain point in their life and that hopefully in all uh, good situations, they've been shown uh, the nature of things around them and the wonder and the playfulness to explore and to question the things that maybe we take for granted. And then through this right, in a large community acknowledgement, handing them the voice, handing them the opportunity within themselves as this universe, this knowledge, it's all bundled up in this, like kind of like a bud of a flower, all tight and all, all in there, but it needs to come out. And the support that is so vital in today's world is you're okay, right where you're at what you know we are praising and we support it how you be in the world and what you want to be we are behind you wherever we can assist you however we could offer more knowledge in the thing you're more interested in we'll find a way to help you do that and we want to hear your thoughts we want to join you and be invited on your adventures. This is part of the rite of passage. It's saying, because of you and where you're at and what you've said and done, we acknowledge you're not a baby anymore. You're not this child that we tell you how to be. We want to hear how you are going to be and who you are. And then it becomes the collaboration in the multi-ages from grandparents to grandchild, sometimes are the greatest bonds that might not even happen until the very end of the grandparent's life and started at the first weeks and months of the child's life, but they have their own journey to go on. So I highly recommend rites of passage still. And they seem like they don't fit into the technological world that we have today. So the difference for me from 
rite of passage would be the difference between being in a high-rise condo working every day under electrical lights and electrical currents and being bombarded by those vibrations in your cell phone computer compared to taking a day and going out in nature and being educated and revived and stripped of all of that static that comes on us so that our insightfulness, our natural state of awareness and carefulness, we can say, be careful, you're going to fall there. That's us in our memory. A child notices things. If they fall, they're going to remember what it felt like. We don't have to keep telling them. And so it's just acknowledging they have innate knowledge. They may not have all the words yet or all the ways to tell us they know. But my goddaughter, who's like five, says, I got this. I got this. And I look at her and go, yeah, you do. You do have this. And she wants to show us she can. And she does. So it's profound when we stop trying to, you know, put the collar on them and the, the, the chain and kind of make them how we want to control them because we've all been controlled hmm. and we're afraid of being uncontrolled and wild. And part of our nature is to be a naturally wild being, not crazy and not, you know, um, uh, destructive wild, but just natural. You know, it's like, Oh, come on, grow up. I used to hear this and get serious. And so I did. Mm -hmm. And it has stuck. And so to dismantle and to take out of that, you have to decide, you have to make the rules, you have to be responsible, you're in the lead. Uh, it's like, I don't, some days don't want to. <laughs> I just want to see what happens. So that's why I like to say to young people, well, you don't have to make this decision today. Oh, yeah, but I got to figure out what... No, you don't have to make this decision today. In fact, you could just go on with your life and in 20 years realize the decision you really wanted to make was this and change your life in that moment to do it. So it's supporting where we're at and celebrating a, a accomplishment of becoming, not about what we achieve, but becoming. And I've been toying with that around my granddaughter's graduation. I really want to be there. And I'm also in another event. So I'm going to leave it to go to her graduation. And my daughter has said to me, well, it's just, you know, they just walk and they receive their diploma. And, you know, it's, it's just acknowledging it. That's important. But it, you don't have to physically be there. I'm going, no, no, no. The, to me, this is a rite of passage and to acknowledge what they're choosing to do and where they're going, it's a big deal. Even if I'm only there for two hours and then I drive away. It's, to me, it's my way of saying I'm behind you. Mm -hmm. I see your accomplishment. I see your person, who you are, and I want to support you, so I show up. So that's part of the adult's responsibility to help these young ones to say, I'm showing up for you. How can I help you? I love this distinction you keep bringing up of achieving versus becoming. And um, <clears throat> what I'm hearing is that supporting the youth in their 
rites of passage and in their becoming is really about welcoming who they are and letting them know that you got this. Mm-hmm. Also about um, conditioning. I'm seeing it as adults, adults are noticing their conditioning and starting to deconstruct it and supporting the young ones in thinking for themselves and saying how you are is okay. How you are is wonderful. How can we help you elaborate on that? And how can we support you to advance how you are right now even more? How can we help you develop that innate knowledge that you came in with, that life purpose that you are already, that you've been walking toward before the overculture lays their conditioning, the conditioning on top of that. And with that, I'd love for you to talk about your life purpose readings. Um, Because I know that you do that for people, for all kinds of people. And there's a whole, there's a whole framework that you use to do that. So I'd love Mm -hmm. for you to kind of give a background of the life purpose readings and share how people can work with you for the soul purpose readings. And also as we wrap up, I'd love for you to share about how people can come down to Guatemala and be, be with you and some of the other elders in the community, including Tat Eric, who's in episode 10, um, Nan Hedy, who's going to be on the podcast soon here, and Kirana. So can you start with sharing about the life purpose, the soul purpose readings? Yes. Uh, thank you for asking and also supporting this. I want to just say, first of all, that when we are conceived seven weeks later, this is the phenomena that I just love. We already have our fingerprint design. Now, in our thinking as humans today, we say that that's our ID. It's like it proves that your finger connects to you. And, and then that way, you, it's like a social security number. It's always your number, your passport number. It's always that one is yours. Mm-hmm. When, when we think about the size of a fetus at that, it's about the size of a penis, right? Okay, so what is that about? And it, it's saying, I am a seed and I have come, this is a metaphor, of course, I have come from some place and a combination of things that have brought me a, a growing vehicle that I will live in. And that vehicle has a coding and a memory placed in it as to what it is I'm supposed to do when I become aware that there's something that one gets to do here on Mother Earth. So that, what I just said, is very deep. If you let the metaphoric meaning come forward, what it really means is every one of us has a purpose. It isn't a copycat thing. It is individual and special. We can say, oh, you're an entrepreneur or you're uh, meant to be uh, of service in 
in social ways out in the world. You're to be a counselor and give advice to people. Or there are these what we'll call commonalities. But inside of a person, we don't, all of our fingers aren't the same. And that there are combinations like a recipe, we could say, that when these combinations come together in specific fingers, they represent something that we specifically have to do. And then within the map, which is the rest of your hand, and it's not palmistry. This is not like that. It has similar understandings, but not the same. It will show us what you have come in with and what strengths you're going to strengthen and what attributes you get to present out in the world in your own defined perfect way. And I love to do this. I love to read people's soul purpose. I just got to do Tata Eric's and I just did Hetty's uh, meals. And what I'm finding I love most is to do a whole family like the constellation work, but do it in this way so that the whole family can support the individuals to achieve or in, in this changing of that word to becoming what was intended by the divine, which doesn't have to be feminine in a thinking. <laughs> the nurturing is both, well, it's non-gender, but it's both the action and the, the allowing, which is male, female. And I get excited about it because when I see the, what happens in the person's life after I, I reveal this to them and how things shift and change in their life, sometimes drastically, you know, divorces and moving and, and really getting out of a bad place where they were at not going anywhere, a dead end that they just kept plowing into the wall and they get this aha in the moment and go, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to do that. And I just keep telling myself, I can't because I put all this money into an education. How could I possibly stop doing this? What well, makes me huge income and I'm so used to, it, to doing this other thing where it's scary. I have never done it, but I feel called. And when I see the people in between, I mean, that's a drastic one, but I see that a lot, um, is where they go, aha, this was, yes. And they catch on fire with going towards it, taking the steps maybe over six months, a year, two years, to get this in, in their life as what they're going to do. And I, I'm excited to say, in most cases, people are extremely delighted and are jumping up and down for joy. And when I get their feedback is they, they say, I can't even express the words. I'm still in it of marveling. I've, I did all of this to go someplace I didn't want to go and I'm not happy. And it's, yeah, it, it gives me things, but I'm not happy within the things. So I love to make sure that if I get an opportunity, it's more difficult on a small child because their little fingers are teeny tiny. You have to have a, a very special way of looking at their, them. But by the time somewhere around, well, it's nice if they know too, around five, six, eight, 14, mm -hmm. these are good times. But for an adult, 
it's it's it can be a game changer for them to get on the track that they came with to do and in most cases it's just one after another going oh my gosh oh yeah oh yeah i felt that oh i i i thought about that i i went away from that i you know they there's confirmation so i do this in two ways the best of course is one-on-one in physical time that we're both in the same spot side by side it i can do it also which takes a little bit more effort on the person who wants it done by having them get an ink pad and do their fingerprints send those to me and photos of their hands i was just telling two people this morning about that what they could do and then over zoom or over facetime a whatsapp conversation we can talk and i can read them their what's there and um tell them so those are the two ways i do that i do many more things as ritual ceremonies as you know mm-hmm. and but that's just something that i get passionate about because it helps and it it guides and it's a quick um they call it it just get on track of what it is and if you want to be in denial you can still be you could just go no i can't do that now you know but it's there and it's waiting and why wouldn't we do what we came here to do it's like you know a rose doesn't come here to be a geranium <laughs> and you know they they do this crazy thing where they put a bottle over the top of a a blossom of a pear and let the pear grow inside of a jar now to me that's manipulation and that's what we do to ourselves what we want to do is get out of the 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 jar out of the bottle and we want to be able to live and expand into what we came here to do we each have a place it's taking that place and what's beautiful is it's it's uniquely ours not somebody else's mm-hmm. it is ours and that's what i love about it even more than any kind of astrology or numerology depending because i have my own form that i know that has to go along with the this system but i i have to say it's very helpful and to know it 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 can change us from I've always been a victim in life. Everything has always been hard. I just struggled through every single thing. This is just an example. Two, did you realize you sacrificed this for everybody else around you to learn what not to do? And now that that's done, you get to succeed. Yeah, I think that this work that you do really helps with what we were talking about of remembering and cultivating awareness of who we really are underneath all of the tradition all of uh-huh. not, not the tradition the conditioning that we've experienced just being part of the world quote unquote yeah i i i'm with you on that one it's very true and you know i don't know it's like taking free will maybe in a way from a child if we say oh when you grow up you are going to be a teacher of and then you can't really say other than there's a there are definitely factors of what that might be you are going to lead people you're going to 
change people's lives. You're going to construct great cities or, you know, it, and rather than letting them just be children, mm -hmm. I, I, there's my contemplation at times, but to know their essence and to know what it is they can do. And in that some part, again, in this right to pass is you have the right when it's your time to bloom to totally open yourself to the and share your essence of what you've come here to do and maybe that's in our 20s 30s 40s maybe it's in our 80s it there there is no limit to when we become aware so i would say some people say oh i'm too old to do all of this and change i go you're ageless mm -hmm. you're ageless so you can do it right now if you want to you get to choose nobody's telling you so that's a, another delicate place i feel with parents and their children is that we don't want to limit them but we want to help support them so there's a huge difference than putting something in a bottle or a cage and or saying this is all yours explore i'll come with you and then just be guiding there's a whole different way that we could do education today absolutely maybe that is another podcast episode um, and i want to share with people where they can go to get a sole purpose reading with you which is at sweetmedicinenation.com readings and finally are you so you had mentioned um a couple minutes ago about all of the other ceremonies and ritual and ways that you hold space in community and teach in community. So I'd love for you to just share briefly about the Earth, Earth Day weekend retreat that's coming up in Guatemala and how people can get more information and get going on their plans to come to Guatemala to be with you. Okay, thank you. Yes, the, the, the fact that it's Earth Week is just a coincidence of a timing. But you know, all of those things add into a greater plan. And part of it is that I want to do ritual ceremony that honors us as a piece of the whole of our mother earth during this time we are talking about rituals that help to bless us to heal us to purify us and at uh, an outside influences there will be people who come to share their solutions what they feel uh, from and and most of them are going to be from here mexico and uh, other places, but they mostly are going to be here and what they're doing in their lives to integrate the solutions of being natural and working with natural aspects, everything from bees and, and herbs and permaculture, water purification, you know, just different things. I don't know all the people that will be coming. Uh, we've asked a lot of different folks so those are coming in but the idea is to take a vacation for spring you know everybody is out and about with their kids over easter vacation which is the weeks before this is a week later and so it's 
taking this time to be still in the beautiful highlands of Lake Atitlan and Santiago and being able to see a traditional people live in their traditional ways. And there are the contrasts, just like for us, that those that are not, those that have, who have moved on to more westernized thinking. And yet here in Santiago, there is, a, there is more of a greater opportunity to see people dressed in their traditional dress, eating their traditional foods, uh, raising their children in, in the textiles and the storytelling of their clothing, as well as the beauty all around them in their foods and the medicines that they grow. So we, my idea with Tata Eric Gonzalez was to do a collaboration, to come together as brother and sister, two different walks, Mayan and my mixed blood, and his mixed blood and to offer a retreat and so we're inviting people to come from April 20th um, and to the 27th and to be with us if you want to stay longer than those arrangements we need to talk about that but our presentations our ceremonies our sharing and our deepening our commitment to be earth people is more of the presence of combining and working with differences to create the bridges that we need in ceremony, in reassuring, supporting one another and our places here on Mother Earth. So we, that's what we're going to be doing. So yes, please go to my website and you'll see it there as Guatemala 2020. And we'd love you to sign up and come and be with us. Take a vacation, get away from it all. Have some ceremonies done around and over you and with you and learn how to be natural. Thank you, Carrie, for asking about that. And um, you know, that is just a, an offering because of being here in Guatemala and it being so beautiful. We'd love people to be able to come to see this place. Yeah, I want to add to what you said and say that I have experienced sitting in ceremony with Sweet Medicine and with Dr. Eric and others who are part of this community. And it is, I highly recommend it. It's a really transformational opportunity and an opportunity to be part of ancestral, traditional ways and really drop into that flow that we were talking about of allowing and becoming and yeah, becoming. So let's wrap up there. This was so delightful. I love being with you, sweetie. And thank you for sharing so much of yourself and being so generous here. We really oh, appreciate it. I love it always, Carrie. You're one of my special ones, even though you <laughs> moved away. It's beautiful because you're out pollinating what you've learned and your own flavor about how people do what they do and through your format of alter and then how you alter their lives through the other things that you carve out and present to them. So podcast is a, it's a big commitment and I appreciate what you're offering. And to be a part of it is such an honor. 
and uh, confirmation for me from the outside world to keep doing what I do, that it's seen, it's recognized, and it has value. So thank you as well. Thank you so much for joining us this episode. If you got value out of it, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Remember to tag me, Carrie. I hope this interview inspires you. I'll put any relevant links in the show notes on therisecollective.org. You can find past episodes, my weekly blog, and products for sale at therisecollective.org. While you're there, download the guide to feminine goal setting. Learn how to work in harmony with folk magic and the rhythms of the earth. Hundreds of women have used this method to weave magic into their lives. It's a simple guide and it'll help you move forward towards your soul's purpose. If you love the show, please consider supporting its production at patreon.com slash rise collective. I can't do this alone. There are lots of costs associated with the podcast. And if you believe that the voices of our elders need a platform to reach more people, please become a patron. It's really worth your while and you'll get gifts from podcast guests and from myself. I also provide guided meditations, bonus interviews, resource guides, and much more. You can get all of this at a $3 a month level. Thank you. And please subscribe in whatever app you listen to podcasts. I so appreciate you leaving a review so the show can reach more people. Thank you for listening. And I'm looking forward to next time.